With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, and welcome to the Saturday, October 31st, Halloween edition of the Land Grant Holy Land Tailgate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Every Ohio State football game day this season, I will be kicking off your morning with all of the details that you need to be prepared for that day's contest. With fans not being allowed in Big Ten stadiums this season, at least for now, this will be your absolute best way to feel prepared for kickoff. Tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, head coach Ryan Day's third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes will visit the White Outless Beaver Stadium in State College, Pennsylvania to take on the number 18 Penn State Nittany Lions of coach James Franklin. ESPN's College Game Day will be in Happy Valley on Saturday morning, although one of the show's analysts, Ohio's own Benedict Arnold Desmond Howard, will have to be a part of the broadcast from his home, having tested positive for the coronavirus this week. The non-rivalry matchup will be the ABC primetime game of the week with Chris Fowler on the call with the love him or hate him blue-eyed Buckeye Kirk Herbstreet on color commentary. The great Maria Taylor will be on the sideline reporting. As always, the game can be heard on both 97.1 FM and 1460 AM, where the voice of the Buckeyes' Paul Keels will be on the call, along with Ohio State and NFL legend Jim Lachey supplying color commentary and Matt Andrews on the sideline. The temperature in Happy Valley at kickoff will be a chilly 40 degrees with minimal winds and just the slightest chance of precipitation. And don't forget, after this game, we will be falling back in terms of daylight savings time. So maybe that might have an impact on your in-game consumption, either one way or the other. Following the Knits' semi-surprising loss in Indiana in Week 1, more on that in a few minutes, the line for the game opened with Ohio State as an 8-point favorite in some spots, but quickly ballooned up to as high as 13.5, but seems to have settled in at 11.5 points at most books. The over-under ranges from 64 to 64.5, as I always say, in case that hook matters to you. In their season opener, the Buckeyes did indeed cover against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, while Penn State falling in overtime did not reach the number. Well, Ohio State's 52-17 win over the Huskers did fall just short of the over-under number, Penn State and Indiana did hit the over in their game. We will have much more about the Nits' numbers from the opening weekend shortly, but before we get into that, on Friday, Ohio State released today's availability report, and most notably, junior wide receiver Chris Olave is not mentioned at all. He suffered a nasty hit in the third quarter against Nebraska and did not play the rest of the game. At one point, he went back to the locker room, causing many to fear that he had suffered a concussion. However, in media availabilities throughout the week, both head coach Ryan Day and starting slot receiver Garrett Wilson said that Olave had practiced well throughout the week, so it sounds like the assumption is that he will play later today. Also noticeable is that super senior Sam Hilliard was also not mentioned for the second week in a row. However, despite being announced as a starter for the season opener, he did not see the field against Nebraska. We will see if that changes tonight. 
There were no game time decisions listed on the report, and the Buckeyes deemed unavailable are true freshman cornerback legend Cavazos, true freshman defensive lineman Jacoby Cowan, sophomore running back Marcus Crowley, graduate offensive lineman Gavin Cup, true freshman tight end Patrick Gerd, senior wide receiver Jalen Harris, junior long snapper Rowan McCullough, redshirt freshman defensive tackle Jaden McKenzie, junior DB Alex Taylor, and true freshman safety Court Williams, who suffered an ACL injury at the end of camp and will be out for the foreseeable future. One interesting name that is active following being listed as unavailable last week is true freshman bowling ball, I mean running back Mayan Williams. We will see if his specific skill set finds its way into the game tonight. One other roster note to keep in mind is that since the Buckeyes traveled Happy Valley on Friday night and stayed in a hotel, they obviously had to set their 74-man travel roster before their game day daily COVID test was administered. So if any of the tests come back as positive, there will be no opportunity for Ryan Day and company to make changes to the roster. This was a risk that Day said that he was willing to take in order to not have to travel on the day of the game, but it still made him nervous. The team rented out an entire hotel and planned to travel two players at every position, and then to fill in the rest of the roster with the most versatile players possible. Hopefully it won't come to that, but this could lead to some very interesting playing time situations depending on what happens in the game tonight. On the other side of the field, Penn State will be without some of its highest profile players, including all-world linebacker Micah Parson, who opted out almost immediately after the Big Ten initially canceled the fall season. They will also be without their top running back, Journey Brown, who could potentially miss the entire season with an undisclosed medical condition. And then his backup, Noah Kane, left very early in last week's game against Indiana with an undisclosed injury, and it was announced earlier this week that he will be out for the entire season. Also, starting linebacker Jesse Lukita was ejected for targeting in the fourth quarter of the season opener, so he will not be eligible to return until the second half against the Buckeyes. Speaking of last week's season opener for the Nits, it was a masterclass of dumpster fire proportions as the potential nine Windiana Hoosiers pulled out an unbelievable upset. After Penn State took a 7-0 lead into the second quarter, the Hoosiers rallied and scored 17 in the second, thanks to two first-half interceptions from Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford. And until the middle of the fourth quarter, they effectively sat on the ball in a way that would make Jim Tressel weep with happiness. However, Clifford and the Nits, which is admittedly a pretty good band name, rallied to retake the lead in the fourth quarter. But with less than two minutes remaining in the game at a one-point lead, after IU turned the ball over on downs deep in their own territory, rather than taking a knee, James Franklin did what James Franklin does and made a terrible late-game coaching decision and allowed his team to run a play. And to the great delight of the Indiana defenders who were cheering him on along the way, Penn State running back Devin Ford scored a touchdown, giving the Hoosiers life. Then, after driving the length of the field, Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr. scurried into the end zone for a touchdown and then for a game-tying two-point conversion. But before they could go to overtime, Indiana kicked an inexplicable squib kick that actually led to a pretty close missed field goal for Penn State that would have won the game in regulation. However, it went wanting and both teams went to an extra session. 
In the first possession of that extra frame, Clifford threw a touchdown pass to go up 35-28, but then five plays later, Penix threw a TD of his own, but rather than kicking an extra point to tie the game and to send it to a second overtime, IU's Tom Allen opted to go for two at home, and in one of the most unbelievably bonkers plays this side of the spot, which was good by the way, Penix scrambled dove for the corner pylon and made contact with it with the nose of the ball. However, the question was whether or not the ball hit out of bounds before crossing the goal line. The ruling on the field was a touchdown, and even after about a bazillion Zapruder film-like looks at the replay, I honestly can still not tell you whether he got in or not. And neither could the refs who allowed the call on the field to stand, giving the Hoosiers the 36-35 upset. Despite the score, Penn State dominated in nearly all facets of the game. They outgained IU 488-211 and were almost perfectly balanced with 250 rushing yards, with Clifford throwing for 238 as well. We'll have more about the stats from this game, but before we do, let's take a look at the history of the Ohio State and Penn State series. In the two Blue Blood program's previous 34 games, Ohio State holds a 20-14 advantage, including having won 15 of the 20 since the year 2000. With a win tonight, the Buckeyes will equal the largest winning streak in the series for either team, matching the 2012 through 15 Buckeyes and the Lions' four-game stretch to start the series starting in 1912 and then continuing in 1956, 63, and 64. Penn State has not won back-to-back -back games in the series since a 1978 regular season game and then the 1980 Fiesta Bowl. Despite the Buckeyes' dominance in the series over the past two decades, the games have been pretty close, especially in recent years. En route to a national championship in 2014, the Buckeyes won by a single score in State College, 31-24, then after a four-score victory the following year, fell to the Lions 24-21 in 2016. Next came back-to-back -back wins for the Buckeyes, decided by a single point, 39-38 and 27-26, in 2017 and 2018. Last year, Justin Fields and the Buckeyes won 28-17 in a game that never actually felt like the Nits had a chance to win. Moving on to the analytics, as they have been since early last season, the Buckeyes remain number one in the SP Plus rankings from ESPN's Bill Connolly. They are also the only team to have both their offense and defense in the top five of the rankings, coming in fifth on offense and first on defense. Their special teams are also a respectable 18th as well. Despite the loss last week, Penn State still comes in at 7th with a 15th rated offense and 7th rated defense. Connolly projects OSU to win by a score of 34 to 24, but as I've said before, SP Plus has undervalued Ohio State's offense for quite a while now, including last week, but SP Plus does have the Buckeyes at a 72% win probability. Football Outsiders F-Plus Analytics also has OSU as the top team in the country and the Nits at 7th. Earlier this week, I spoke to Josh from College Football Nerds in this very podcast feed, and without giving me all of the details that he talked about in their video this week, he said that he expected Ohio State to win handily over Penn State. And while their computer model does not yet have enough data to make a prediction, both Josh and Daniel picked OSU to win by three touchdowns. Josh and I get into a lot of the advanced analytics about this game, so if you want to hear more about that, check out Tuesday's edition of LGHL In Conversation. The sports betting dime predicted score for the game is OSU 41.5 and Penn State 24.5. 
And finally, the most fun predictions model, the NCAA Game Simulator, spits out an average score of 33.9 points for the Buckeyes to 21.7 for Penn State, thanks to 9,711 simulations as of recording time. Of those, 17.8% of the games were decided by less than 5 points, and only 2.5% of them went to overtime. The simulator had Ohio State winning 75.4% of the games and winning by more than 20 points in 35.3% of them. Last Saturday, Penn State's Sean Clifford not only threw for 238 yards, as I mentioned earlier, but he was also the Nits' leading rusher with 119 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries. Devin Ford, in relief of the aforementioned Noah Kane, went for a not-so-nice 69 yards on 20 carries, and he had a touchdown that I'm sure that he wishes that he could have back. Penn State's top offensive weapon is tight end Pat Fryermuth, who Clifford targeted 10 times and connected with 7 times for 60 yards and a touchdown. However, junior wide receiver Jahan Dotson also had an impressive game against IU, going for 94 yards and a touchdown on just 4 receptions, but one of those did go for 60, giving him the majority of his yards. On defense, PSU is led up front by defensive end Shaka Tony, who had seven tackles last Saturday, including two sacks. In the secondary, Tariq Castro-Fields will likely be matched up with Chris Olave all game. Against Indiana, he had five tackles and a pass breakup. Other defensive players to keep an eye on for Penn State are corner Joey Porter Jr., yes, the son of Pittsburgh Steeler All-Pro, and defensive end Jason Owe. Now, before I get into my prediction for the game, I want to run through the rest of the non-Buckeye v. Nittany Lion games for the weekend. Starting last night in a battle of two very bad Big Ten teams, Maryland used a 17-0 run in the fourth quarter to force overtime where they beat Minnesota 45-44 thanks to a missed gopher extra point. Ohio State's next opponent, whom they will also play in primetime, the undefeated co-Big Ten division-leading Rutgers Scarlet Knights, will host Indiana, who is also atop of the division, at 3.30 p.m. on BTN. Number one, Clemson, who will be without Heisman frontrunner Trevor Lawrence, who tested positive for COVID-19 this week, will take on Jeff Halfley's Boston College Eagles at noon on ABC. My college football playoff pick, the number seven Cincinnati Bearcats, will host the Memphis Tigers on ESPN also at noon. Then number six, Oklahoma will host Tom Herman's Texas Longhorns at 4 p.m. on Fox. And given the recruiting woes that Herman has had this week, he might be coaching for his job over the rest of this season. In primetime, opposite the Buckeyes and the Nits will be number two Bama and Mississippi State on ESPN, Arkansas Woo Pig Suey against number eight Texas A&M on the SEC Network, and number 24 Oklahoma against Texas Tech on Fox. All right, back to the Buckeyes. I think that Ohio State will have their hands full with Clifford's running ability and his safety blanket of Fryermuth. I also recognize that the Nits have an elite pass rush and at least competent cornerbacks in the backside of their defense. However, I just do not see a reality in which they can stop or even keep up with Ohio State when it comes to putting points on the board. Assuming Alave is 100% and ready to go, his ability to stretch the field should open tons of opportunities for Garrett Wilson to exploit favorable matchups in the slot. I think that Fields will be given more leeway on designed runs in order to negate an aggressive Penn State front that blitzed regularly against Indiana. I also think that on the other side, Clifford is just too mistake-prone to effectively run an offense that finds itself in a hole against a good team. 
So I think that Fields will throw for somewhere in the neighborhood of 260 yards and three touchdowns, probably adding another 50 or so on the ground after sack yardage, which I think there will be some, is factored in. I think he also probably gets into the end zone at least once as well. I also would imagine that the coaching staff has figured out some things about when is best to use each of their two different running backs, Trey Sermon and Master Teague. So I would guess that they probably combined for somewhere in the 120 to 130 yards on the ground range in a couple of scores as well. Ultimately, I am going to go Ohio State 45, Penn State 17. All right, that's all that we have for today. As always, Lane Grant Holy Land will have you covered before, during, and after the game. I will be mashing buttons on Twitter during the contest, so please follow along and share your thoughts at LandGrant33, your home for all of LGHL's Ohio State news, analysis, and sarcasm. If you are not already, please subscribe to Land Grant Holy Land's one-of-a-kind podcast network, where we not only bring you unique news, interviews, and analysis, but we've also got perspectives on sports and the Buckeyes unlike any other podcast around. So, with all of that out of the way, there's only one thing left to say. Go Bucks! <laughs>